Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, audio listener. Welcome to the Bomb Squad podcast, an Avenue Studios production. Check out our Patreon and Locals community for exclusive content, access to our private Discord, and so much more. And don't forget to review our podcast to help spread the word. And now, let's dive into the adventure. Hey everybody, welcome to Bob Squad. I'm Dan Stacy, and you are about to witness my nerdy family and I use silly voices and exploded eyes to tell a good story as we continue in arc five, and I turn the music down, of uh, Bomb Squad, the final arc, where you're nearing the end. Uh, let's see. Nothing bad is about to happen. Yeah, no, no, nothing. <laughs> Ominous We're, music. Fine. Flowers and butterflies. Flowers and butterflies. That will Keep be at the smiling. The music tells me that the tone armor our characters have been, um, you know, in, uh, enjoying all this time may be questionable. <laughs> questionable is fair. Okay. Questionable is fair. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> we'll make it funny anyway. You know, Brick's just going to wake up. At the end of all this. Don't, yes. don't say that. Yeah. I can <laughs> This was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and you were there, and you were there. <laughs> Little half babies run in. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No. If, if Rick and B had a baby, it's is big. it like this half doesn't have a face and no. this half does have no. a face? No, Katie asked where... that, and we do have canon on how it yeah. works. Ooh. <laughs> it does work? It works. Locals and Patreon. <laughs> hey. Locals and Patreon will discuss it later. I'm freaked out. What color is she? Is she green? Is she blue? She's blue. xenophobic blue. over here. Yeah. How dare blue. you? <laughs> oh, that could go really wrong. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's just I tentacles just and like, no mouth. This, you know, like, alien. What's wrong with blue skin I, aliens? <laughs> it's episode no, one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh... Quick announcements, of course, check out AfterQuest on Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, although we'll probably be, when this comes out, we'll be coming close to the end of Nobles, if not past it, so we'll be on a little hiatus, because some people have to have babies in the AfterQuest game, and, (laughs) you know, adjacent to AfterQuest, so we'll be uh, doing some fun stuff during the hiatus time, and then uh, we'll be coming to the end of our one-year collaboration with the Interplanar Crossroads on monthly games, so February will be our last game, that'll be High Fantasy, Fantastical February. And then uh, Adam will be continuing uh, around the hearth theme collaborations, and we'll be doing brainstorms based on those. So and we're never going to talk to Adam again. Adam. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. Just after February, it's not over, Adam. Don't listen. <laughs> 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 it's so good. <laughs> I don't think as a recording this, he's seen the other time you did that yet. I'm not, I don't think he's done, it's up yet. Anyways. Uh, let's see. RPG Emery. Ha! Oh, do you have it ready? Yes. Sorry. We yeah. have it. Oh. Sorry, I just assumed you never have it with you. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to offer. Wow. Carry I on. didn't realize that was the RPG Emery. You should have told us that. Say it. Right. Throw me a chip. All right. All right. <laughs> Just, everyone right. just said no to his hey. chips. All right. I have them. Why don't we? Yeah, what's that's actually true. I didn't realize it. It's a black bean chip. I'm very happy to You know, I, don't, I didn't <laughs> normally like them, but I was low on protein today. I, um, so. Oh! Oh! Hey! I don't know what I mean. <laughs> 
We're leaving, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Give me a minute to think about <laughs> it. <laughs> Something I don't has to know what to do with this. <laughs> when I'm low on protein, even though these are chips and I want something salty, I get an extra five grams of protein. Also, I have my. That's embarrassing. My, uh, so, so I would have shared this with you all, but it's gone. <laughs> so, and I am, it's my stress reliever. It's my ashwagandha. Uh, you can't ashwagandha. say that word. Ashwagandha. <laughs> stupid is that his Arwen <laughs> voice too? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's right. a, Thank you. Was, that was great. That's awesome. Um, oh man. Ashwagandha I don't know what to do with the chip. That was... <laughs> Pim Pam's gonna have something. I don't know. <laughs> Her thing is now chips. Like, I wanna make a chip an item now or something. <laughs> so she just finds it in the bag, in the backpack. I have time to, I'll think about it and get to the challenge there this today. Whole time. <laughs> there right. is, it's a random mm. chip that's been there the whole time. In the bag. All right, then. Uh, I was gonna do something darker, but now we've done all this. Let's dive into the chippiest episode of Bomb Squad. <laughs> we dive back in. <laughs> Very Did nice. Get a whiff? That I just was. Want you to know. Oh, the reeks are attacking. No. Oh, smell delicious. Oh, wow. Weekly shower. Don't take. Yes. I, wow. My weekly shower was. Thank you. No, I had very two. Con- I was. We already dove back in. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, they were both in the same day. We already dove back in. Sorry. David's still going. Got a little taste of bonus content. That's that's what they pay for. I'll go back to that. All right. So let's see here. We are going to begin with a little uh, pre-written intro, getting us back in. We're kind of jumping back just a little in time to when um, all of you guys have come back. You've gone into the White Dragon, found that last piece of his heart, the all-consuming flame, what is left, the all-consuming flame that is almost consumed, and you've taken it out. Quinn has it with him now. He used it to activate his narrative deific item, becoming both the dragon, and he and Archelon together, becoming both the dragon and the Prince of the Woods, helping to fight. Iliad joined with the Falcon, who has now been reborn as the Phoenix, sacrificing himself to protect not only you all, but also the heart of the world, the heart of Diatos. And uh, a battle ensued with the White Dragon. Ulkan fell, being torn in twain, ripped apart. Uh, Marosha has lost her left arm, and Idalia is burned scars across part of her face. <laughs> I didn't know that one. Da- I didn't well, know that one either. <laughs> what is happening? But, uh, David, a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There is a lull in the battle as... <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. I love I'm you so much. I'm waiting for the next short to come out. 
<laughs> get this ready. I should montage. find that one. Okay. So what we are going to do is actually kind of step outside of the world, and I'm going to read something for you all to get us back in the zone. We'll play the reveal again as well. And uh, this has got a little Easter egg in it. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> You're in. Sorry. Okay, carry on. My mind was So, this is an excerpt from The Sundering, a saga in his song and dance, The Scriptures of Mukbahara, penned by Matias Delgado, <laughs> the witness of Mukbahara. <laughs> The headless form of the white dragon is crumpled on the field of battle before the beating heart of Diatos, bound and undignified, his lifeless uh, sorry, his lifeless head lay cast at his forefeet, with blood slowly pouring down his lips. As the mighty gods begin to fall back in an unspoken truce to return each to their own stronghold and begin the war anew. A rushing wind of immense power pulls at all toward the lifeless form of the white dragon. The crumpled body bubbles and cracks as if being both boiled and crushed. Large writhing appendages force their way out of the dragon's flesh on all sides and his form balloons, stretching the bonds to their limit. The imprints of feet, hands, and faces seem to be pressing against all sides of this bubbling mass as if a thousand forms were trapped within. Disembodied voices then speak, calling for death, pleading for home, declaring the infinite and unknowable. A cacophony of souls calling out from a deep darkness builds to a deafening roar, then sudden, utter silence. The severed head then speaks in a deep, unnatural voice, as its eyes, still lifeless, glow with an eerie green hue, and noxious fumes pour from its nostrils and mouth. I can hear you. Is someone there? Is anyone there? Can... Can you kill me? Will you kill me, please? I want to go home. I know someone's there. I'd like to die now. Where am I? You need to kill me. Can I die now? I just want to go home. Is anyone there? Kill me. I don't want to be here anymore. Will you kill me? You don't have to hide. I want to die! Please kill me. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can someone help me?
of the dragon is then lifted up uh, its flesh falling off to leave only a skull. It is lifted upon what could be called the head of this monstrosity a vagus form of face on the end of a massive appendage now wearing the dragon's skull as a crown and he repeats I am here Many of the gods witnessing fall prostrate where they are some immediately flee at those words, screaming in terror. Idalia falls to her knees with a wailing scream and weeps. Marosha grabs the wound where her left arm once was and glares in silent fear as tears also slowly fall. The clockmaker alone stands unmoved, a small bright light under the shadow of pure horror. The newly born phoenix with a mighty cry encircles the horror, and so does his glory, Mukmahara, lord of sand and sea, encircling the grotesque form in fire and water. Destroyer, the white eye spits quietly through gritted teeth. <sighs> so I am not yet forgotten. The monster speaks and straining against its bonds, two dripping, bubbling appendages pick up the body of Ulkan torn in twain and consumes him whole. Yet no. The Destroyer was but a test of who I am. A trial of my own making. To prove unto myself the truth of my being. The clockmaker begins etching runes into the dirt as he speaks. Who, pray, are you then? Creaking and groaning from the bonds fills the silence as the monster raises up even higher, looming over the clockmaker's small form. I... I am all things, and unto me all things shall return. For I was there before the beginning, before the song. I alone in the end shall persist. For I am the completion of all. I am the infinite and eternal of all things. I am the origin. The skull-crowned appendage then rushes out toward the clockmaker and the twin flowers. Clockmaker unleashes a mighty spell of warding as those few left to guard the first father's heart rise up even in their wounded state and face off against this unmitigated terror and you guys witnessing all of this make your way to the heart of diatos and jump as they enter into this combat over the first father's heart Passing through the heart of Diatos, it's reminiscent of when you guys had teleported through the Dwarven, those Dwarven circle teleportation rings. And you hear, for a moment, it's like you don't feel your body anymore, and you just hear, doof, 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 
think... Maybe let's start with Pimpam, if you would, describing that search for home as you're making this jump through the heart of the world. What's going through her mind as she's starting to imagine home? Where's mom and dad? Okay. Let's see. I think actually then it's almost overwhelming. You you get that sense of feeling when you try to imagine yourself into one of Brick's memories and that stretching and reaching. You feel yourself getting pulled that way. <clears throat> and you almost feel as if you got pulled too far. You would just separate. It's almost that idea of when you were running alongside the border and feeling that pull to just nothingness. Mm -hmm. And so you focus in on family, you focus in on home. You actually first see, and what I had mentioned to you in, for behind the scenes was that you guys all kind of see these things. Any private moments are private to each of you guys that we'll go through, but everyone is seeing the general scenes of this as you're basically hopping not only across the, the world, the time as well. It's almost unclear when these things are happening. <clears throat> you see Riker and the Defiant Riot battling a sea monster in smashing into it. Riker is 10 times the size as normal and he's fighting alongside the Defiant Riot and supporting them uh, from a brigantine is a... a is what you can clearly tell is the red, the red, oh, uh, uh, notes, red shell, the red shell pirates that you guys had interacted with way back in the second arc. Um, but they are flying the flag of Dinothir with the cross swords on their ship currently. Mm. And you also spot with them in this, you're kind of getting this almost bird's eye view of this battle and you're able to see and almost zoom in and look at things. You see Audrey, Sergeant Audrey, and Tamarin with her on the ship with the red shell pirates all manning the cannons and the ballista on this and trying to help as Riker and the Defiant Riot are out in the waters doing their heroics as they do. Wrestling a sea monster. Yes, wrestling a sea monster. <laughs> but as you realize that in thinking of mom and dad, you're getting closer and they are, they are also headed that way. And so hmm. you pass on moving past that through fog and darkness as if they are outside of this area that is just darkened and you pass into those clouds seeking mom and dad. The first thing you see is a female Bohan that almost reminds you of Minnehaha, but she's older and larger hmm. and she is casting out <clears throat> all mother style magic vines and flowers and animals are attacking and she is fighting against this clearly undead male bohan with massive horns and there are hordes behind him and an arrow whistles by her and you see Tajik get struck reminiscent of Tiri's vision and Tiri is but instead right there with her and picks him up he's wounded and they keep fighting and they're charging in where do you want to have your home moment? Home for Pimpam is her people. It's not a location. Um, 
while she has, you know, some connections with the with family at like the Taylor Hay house, she's not grown up there. Um, there's there is an essence where Avisen is kind of home, mm. in that she was there by herself for a year trying to like figure out who she is. But as far as where home for Pim Pam is. She's already got it because she's with her people. Mm. Home moments would be, I guess, would just be checking in and seeing that no one else is getting stretched or flung too far as she's porting through. Okay. So I think the sense of like getting home, being home, is actually just holding the group together while we're flying through this. Nice. She wants to check and know that. Her people are safe, that mom and dad are fighting gloriously, that Tam's actually out there on an adventure and things like that. But for the grounded place of what are we fighting for? What are we trying to save? Who are we trying to keep together? And where is that? It's right here. So she's going to be keeping, you know, an arm on brick and, and sweeping around Aurora and, you know, grabbing Quinn and Iliad and making sure that they're not ever fleeing too far through whatever this passage might be or lead. And mm. if they're separated, she needs to make note of where that is mm-hmm. so that they can they can be retrieved, supported, whatever. I mm-hmm. think that for her is the definition of home. Awesome. I love that. That's a great start. So then we'll move first to Iliad. And your home moment. What does that look like? Um, is it is, and just to have clarification for mm-hmm. Iliad? Are these scenes that are flashing? Does he physically feel like he's there? Yeah. Is it, okay. You that, you can. Right. I mean, whatever you think. I I think for yours, what you had right. talked about. Yes. It would feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Iliad, um, immediately is all of a sudden walking through um, these grassy knolls, you know, kind of uh, um, picturesque of, like, Ireland or something, you know, grassy knolls, and then there's a a lake uh, with gentle splashing, and as he's walking, he doesn't feel alone, although he looks around and doesn't see anyone, but after after walking a little further, kind of turns, but then all of a sudden realizes that Zoe, right, Zoa? Zoya. Zoya. Mm -hmm. Zoya is with him, his friend, his like childhood friend. Um, And it's almost. Who I'll throw out for everyone is the orc that showed up with all the orphans at the orphanage Mm -hmm. that Aurora started. Um, And so it's almost like a slow motion feeling, you know? It's like. Mm -hmm. It's not, but that's just what it feels like in the moment. But it just is surrounded by like laughter and smiling. And then he kind of turns to his right. And there's his mom, and he looks down, and she's holding his hand, and they're kind of walking hand in hand, and he feels like he's lived this before, like it's it's more it's more so almost like a memory, um, and it's almost as if all of the dark stuff that he's been experiencing has kind of it's not yet. Um, and as they're walking along the shore, um, you can hear you know the sounds of the. F- the, the flute in the background um, kind of triggering more memories but he kind of looks up over the lake 
as he's talking with his mom because his mom kind of turns and looks at him and they're again it's like that slow motion feel smiles <clears throat> and he's staring into her eyes knowing he's had this conversation with her before knowing he's lived this moment before but he doesn't quite grasp how or when or why but all of a sudden looks and realizes um, that all along the falcon has been sort of soaring over them and has been there and it just strikes this chord with him and all of a sudden triggers all these memories of moments in his life where he realized there was a falcon there you know mm. the falcon was there the falcon was here nice. and he didn't know it in the in the in that moment so beautiful that's awesome i like yeah is so is that kind of his his moment wrapped up yep so then with like and with that then pim pim's going to like reach out with with that arm and like and just kind of give you this look of just like, are you ready? And he's just gonna gently shake his head. All right, and then she's gonna like clasp his, clasp his arm and then pull him back into the group. Nice, I love that. I also love that you find Iliad first because he has Kari's love. So, looking for family. Mm. Which will throw in a little bouncing as people are bouncing around and we're seeing all these things continuing with it, you see uh, Cirque de Telehe, all mm-hmm. packed up, traveling with <clears throat> Peter and Ulysses in the front. Mm. And they are arriving at Prati, looking to meet with Lady Greenwood. Ooh. And so you get this great kind of swooping shot, seeing the whole circus all, you know, all packed up and traveling. Peter and Ulysses and Tats and all the rest, you know, together up front there, coming up over just where you guys had arrived when you first came to Prati looking over there and you can, you just know in your heart that they're headed for Lady Greenwood to connect with her. Nice. Is Prati in distress? Um, yeah, let's see. Yes. It's dark. Everything is dark. It's almost like the circus is traveling in light and heading toward the darkness but there's this one ray on the Greenwood estate. Um, and yeah, things are heavy and there's unrest and that there's always at the edge that pull towards the nothing that you can feel and you feel like there's a strong center there of pull towards the nothing. So that brings us over to Aurora. But first, before we go to Aurora, as she's bouncing around, and again, you guys will all kind of see this, is you get a glimpse of Sergeant Oren uh, the bald sergeant from Drew's that Ingrid danced with. <laughs> he looks tired and worn and is covered in dirt and ash. And he is helping uh, the locals, the last few who remain, packing their things and wagons, mules, everything being loaded up to leave the ash covered port town for good. And you can tell even from remembering your travels that the land around there is bleak and turning to dust and nothing is growing. Everything is just very dead. Is it possible to know where they're going? Uh, They're headed further in toward uh, the capital, Dinothier, which Dinothier is the capital of the kingdom of Dinothier. Right. (laughs) But um, that's where it seems. that's North Prati? Yes, that is north of Prati, yep. But they are definitely heading inland away from the ash and destruction. Okay. 
I'm just gonna check if there's any others we should hit. Oh, yes. This will connect back, going back. Tatiana and Miri Marie are working together in the Shell greenhouses at the Greenwood Estate on the Walesfin and attempting to craft a cure for the blight that is now affecting people from what has been successful with the plants. <clears throat> but you can see on their faces that they are not having success. And there's a moment where Miri has that look where she's stumped. And it's as if she's hit a wall that she can't see past. And then, yes. Can I slip her the piece of the pot? Of which pot? The one that Pim Pim said couldn't, oh. couldn't be fixed. Because she's stumped and missing, perhaps missing a piece of a puzzle. Yes, yeah. And Pim Pim wants to encourage her with that. That's awesome. I love that. A shadowy Pim Pam. Beautiful. We'll leave that and see what happens. As that happens, and Pim Pam is reaching for Aurora, where's Aurora right now? Um, <clears throat> well, Aurora is exhausted and almost dead. So, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so she's just in this sad, days-like state. And going back to that feeling... <clears throat> She's tucking her head in between her legs and she's sitting on a well-worn hay wagon with rain <clears> pouring <throat> down. And just this feeling of just utter loss. And, you know, and um, after a while like that, she looks up with acceptance and a resolve. And then... You can hear a fire start crackling and a little potbelly stove appears on the well-worn hay wagon. Mm. And um, she starts to smile and then all of a sudden it, everything starts changing on the wagon and it turns into this beautiful, ornate um, wagon that um, just fantastical looking. And it reminded her, which is really funny, it, she saw these wagons at the circus when her parents brought her in Prati. <laughs> and so she created this wagon like that. And it's um, bright red with golden yellows, royal blue, and uh, light blue and sage green accents. Um, and she smiles and sits down in her chair in there. And this lizard comes flying, smacking into the ground, into the wagon, and she picks him up and um, sets him next to her, and then the light starts shining from the doors to outside. So she opens up the doors, and then it ends up into the kitchen, going through the back doors into the kitchen at Prati. Mm. And in there is Tom and Gwen, bustling and bickering and you know getting stuff done and then she sees her grandmother there and her grandmother sitting facing away from her and when she turns around she looks stern and angry 
and slowly the expression changes into a smile um, and a recognition and a, and a love that's there. Um, <clears throat> and then these children run through, you know, knocking into Tom and Gwen's like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get stuff done. So, um, and then leading, she goes outside and, or kind of appears at her parents' grave. And um, there are moonflowers that have grown all over them. And down on the ground in, in front of their tombstones is a moonflower with a drip of red blood that falls down. And as she goes down to touch that petal and look over at it, the moonflowers begin to open. And each one is all the members of the party, you know, coming out of these flowers and and including our hero and Thierry and every, you know, all the people that have been part of the group. And she just sits there content for a while. Beautiful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's awesome. Hmm. I think, how does Pimpam reach out to Aurora? I So, well... That that's not a question. She's going. She's going to like offer her hand. Let's come come into a dance, and it's just going to be a look of excitement and anticipation. It's a very it's very forward looking. Just like one more with that taking her hand and pulling her with a spin and a bit of a twirl into the the rushing through the passage. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like the idea. I think I'm getting this feeling that it's the stream and Pim Pam is reaching out and pulling everyone back in. So that's really cool. Uh, I think with that, actually, it gives this feeling, this is kind of just extra fun, um, <clears throat> is uh, we see Mari and the young girl that you guys had rescued. She's now older. It's been a few years, I think like two at this point, mm. or just shy. Um so the young girl's like 11, 12 maybe, and she's with Mari, and they're running and flitting in and out of, a, of being able to see as they do their shade teleporting. And you can tell that they've been training nonstop, and they are making their way through the streets of Avisen, flitting in and out. And this is where Pim Pam can get a sense of, you see that they are now a part of that underground movement it's struggling, you can feel it, but because of what was started, you know that they have the foundation to work from, but it's it's dark and they feel alone and separated from everybody else right now. But now Mari and the other girl have shown up and they're a part of the underground movement there. And then as they're flitting and dancing through the streets in this teleportation magic, <laughs> wow, that's very effective magic. Yes, almost, almost palpable. <laughs> it bounces over 
to the memorial of St. Arkiro in Avisen. That tree, this massive tree bursting out of the mountain to reach up. Actually, I probably wrote it better, so I should read it. <laughs> Minnehaha's tree stands tall and full of rich green leaves, reaching out through the mountain to praise the sun. Twinkling in its boughs like glowing fruit are dozens of fire bats, forever lighting the tree in a gentle, warm glow. The gently poised form of Minnie is forever captured in the mighty trunk, and roots, like strong arms, reach out across, the mem- across to the memorial of St. Arkiro, his strong visage forever captured in bark, leaf, and flower. But at the edge of the fire bat glow, dark, angry growths of fungus are growing toward the tree on all sides, as if fighting against the light of the tree. Mm. And we come to Quinn's moment. I mean, Quinn's first glimpse of home is, is that space. Mm. Is that space where he was he was hatched, where he was born from? Uh, you know, the first first moments of his life were born in in battle, warfare, death um, around him, and then literal death, the sacrifice of Arkiro. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing Minnehaha's tree there, understanding, I think, just that that glimpse of from death comes new life um, and so n- understanding that we're not we're not always truly gone and and really truly believing that mm. um, knowing and I and I think that brings him such a, a spirit of hope in that sense in a, in a such a dark place you know and that's that's even brought to light even more with the fire bats, the Fiamma brilliance and and her offspring there, uh-huh. and the um, the memorial of of Arkira, knowing you know what came of that and Nihaha and and within her death the tree, um, and seeing the fungus and seeing the growth and seeing that that attack, knowing um, truly believing that the light. And the goodness and the the life that is coming from this is going to overcome anything that that's trying to attack it, mm. and um, and making a promise in his heart to be able to uphold life with with everything that he can. Mm. It is it is being able to make that light brighter and have those have that darkness be repelled right it's not even just winning it's being it's repelling it and and he's going and he he makes that promise to to do that in all of his being to to heal a broken world and that's what i mean that's what he's going to do being able to move beyond that he instantly thinks of his home, his his ultimate home, is being with his mom uh, in that field of flowers and peace and uh, 
nature that was there when he did his time skip. Uh, his mom brought him to this place of just serenity, pure serenity. And he grew up there, literally mm-hmm. being, you know, from from where he was as a child and he aged many years. But even within that aging, physical body aging, he was able to witness the the years and centuries of the Arkiros and be able to witness them and be alongside them every step of the way and and see and and be together with his his brother from from the very beginning from the very first one all the way into to the Arkiro that was a part of this party mm-hmm. and uh, and he got to be in witness and, and truly become a brother at that and in that space and truly become a son in that space and um, I think after his promise after his seeing um, the the mini haha tree in the memorial for Arkiro he he instantly wants to, to go right to his mom and be there in, in that presence and, and feel the peace and feel that, knowing he also has to grow up a little bit more. Um, in, his, in his current state, he is not, he is not able to, to protect in the, in the way that the world needs him to be. And so he needs to, he needs to be more than what he is. And he, know he, need, he knows he needs his mom's help with that. Mm. Um, he is also very exhausted mm-hmm. um, he is he is this is very internalized um, as as much as he can grasp onto images as much as he can grasp onto thoughts and ideas um, I mean he too very much like Aurora was is very near death um, in his own right mm-hmm. uh, from from the last from the last battle um, he's emotionally fatigued on top of his actual physical fatigue uh, having to f- fight a remnant of his father having to feel all of that um and also understand that there's much loss to to come Mm -hmm. and he needs to get home he needs to get home to be able to to deal with that loss and to deal with that and to be with his mom as hoping his mom could be there to be with him in that nice and I'll add for seeing how Pim Pam connects with Quinn is that you feel that that field that heading towards the sun is where everyone needs to go for a moment. That's the safe place to go now to bring everyone together. Mm. Towards that that light that that Quinn is fixing on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So, um, Pim is gonna is gonna reach out with more of like a pulling you up. To strengthen you, kind of get you on your feet because you look exhausted, pulling you up and like looking off at that light and just waiting for that moment of ascent from you that that's where you want to go. Yeah, it's it's uh, his his eyes are closed for most of it and and the and his eyes open and just that absolute dreariness and you just see the slightest. It's like the head nod of his eyelids. Right. It's Mm -hmm. the he can't even move his head. It's but it's there and it's the the desire to to go and all of his being. You you feel it. It's Mm. it's tangible. So that's his go. So she'll yeah, she'll pull up with and get a hand like on on his shoulder and getting kind of a lift and kind of a push 
jump off into that direction. I'm going to tweak it slightly because this leads in perfectly. Is as you two are connected there, Iliad steps up taking Pim Pam's other hand, and then Aurora, you step up taking Quinn's other hand. So the four of you are together stepping into that light, and you can feel relief coming as, and warmth and stillness as you walk into this light. And it's almost like you can feel like there's a flower opening for more light, but the flower is also these arms reaching out to embrace you and pull you in. And as you're stepping forward, it, there's a beat of the heart. And Pim Pam, you feel Brick is still behind. He's still caught in the heart itself. And there's one more image before we go to Brick <clears throat> of Yeberg. He's down in the secret room you guys were staying in, in the Greenwood Estate. And he's meditating with his staff across his knees, um, the pole that was once our Kuro's spear, and sitting and looking, with the, or sitting with his eyes closed, and he opens his eyes suddenly and looks up and then the image flits to him still in his robes wielding his spear on a field of battle that is just it is dusty and dark clouds over it there's no life on the field like plant life it is just dust and rock and there are dead bodies everywhere and strange monsters and he's fighting through and that same look he looks up at the sky with it's like that movie in the films where all of a sudden all the battle is continuing around and Jaberg is just standing there and he's looking up in awe at the sky. And then we go to Brick's moment. <clears throat> and I should add, mechanically, this is the new f- part of the new flaw Brick has as he's now touched death twice between B and the White Dragon. Yeah, um... Brick gets this the feeling of just floating and everything everything fading away and it's like his his nightmare starts manifesting around him of just eternal blackness everywhere uh, floating in the void alone forever forever conscious and aware in emptiness no close with mine sorry I didn't want to interrupt but carry on (laughs) um (laughs) I felt that thank you that was for all of you um (laughs) He's so tired. Everybody's so tired. He feels alone on so many levels. He, he, he's alone having just lost the last connection to what he would have called home. The last person from his 
true history. And he ha he he he's trying to hold on to the hope that he he in essence promised B he would have uh, at her at her grave. But he just falters and and feels like he doesn't. He he has no idea what to do, and he's just floating. Mm. And as he's floating and, and fading, um, he he feels so close to death, and his his right artificial lung starts to hurt mm. and he feels like he can't breathe and he feels like he's he's fading I think as you're fading too you hear you're not sure if you're hearing a conversation you know that it's grandfather speaking to you, but it's almost like it's he's not you're hearing grandfather talking to you in a different moment, in a different place. You just hear him say, Is there a god whom you pray to before we go? Perhaps one from your realm. And then things kind of fade and the last thing you hear we could pray together. <laughs> There's another beat of that heart, and I think with the beating of the heart, you feel something touching the very core of you. And Ajax suddenly goes, Commander, do you hear that? I hear the stars are singing. And then I think we have the memory. <laughs> <Dang> <laughs> We get a brick memory. I am so sorry, guys. That's the wrong one. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Naughty. <Well>. Naughty. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to delete that in the edit, so you guys have no idea. <clears throat> Here we go. Never <laughs> going to roll against that. This is the real one. Sorry, guys. Hold on, brother. Hold on a little longer. Yo-Yo's coming in hot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shh. Shh. No. Don't try to talk. Just breathe. It's my fault. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. What? No, no, no. Just stay with me. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, 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 look. Here, here they come. Look, look. 
Get in and strap. We have no cover, and everybody knows we're here. Okay. Where's the rest of your team? KIA. In there. Understood. Cameron, Noah, move into the wreckage and retrieve any remains. We are leaving. Medic, on me. We have wounded. What do we got? Pod crash. All I know. Is he alert? No. How's his breathing? <laughs> Looks like a punctured chest cavity. Might be down along. What can you do? Nothing till we leave Atmo. Brick's just floating there, and remembering from that memory 
he... Now he remembers the betrayal and the the failure, everything, everything becoming a disaster from the very after right after the very first memory that he got of Sasha and the betrayal. Um, Seeing everything fall apart and feeling like it's his fault for not seeing who the bad guy was. So he he's just floating there feeling absolutely hopeless and overwhelmed. His 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 chest hurts and he doesn't know what to do and he just wants to go home. I think if Aurora saw Rick wasn't coming with us, it's like a little bit of a panicky, we got to get him mm-hmm. and make eye contact with Pim. Pim. Yeah. Um, we're, we're all going for him. Um, and with that, we're, gonna, holding we're also holding yeah. hands. So yeah. Pim, Pim's going to like real, like focus, focus in and just pull everyone over to kind of, kind of I guess kind of like ringing Brick and seeing him you know lying there Pim Pam's going to kind of flip the jacket back into the uniform Mm. that she remembers from the glass Mm -hmm. and knowing though that it may be a bit rough is going to more or less march up to Brick. Crouch down, like, just just a hair. Look And look him in the face and be like... The fight's still going on. We still need you. There'll be rest at some point when we're through this. But you're a part of this team. We need your experience. We need your insight. We need whatever you have from wherever you are to help us win. But we need you. Brick is gonna is is like staring off into space, like not not actually like as if he doesn't even know that anyone's here, and he's not gonna be breathing at all. But he's gonna reach out his arm and grab Pim's forearm. And then I think it's like after when he gets out of this, it's like the gasp from same gasp. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. like his 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 artificial lung starts working again, and he snaps back. You guys, I think all 
then as you feel, Pim Pim, you feel Brick coming with you. All of you are kind of grabbing him at the same time and you all pull <clears> in, <throat> stumbling in to the field of the Dahlia, where the sun is always shining in the sky. A gentle wind is blowing. And before you stands Idalia, her face now half-scarred as if fire has burned away a forest. And that is what her face and this side of her sort of looks like, this burned and charred land, freshly destroyed by forest fire. Marosha is there as well, with shadow whiffs coming off where her left arm once was. The phoenix stands there now, just fire burning and glowing off of him as he stands in his half-bird, half-human form. And the clockmaker is sitting on the ground, holding, resting on his hammer, exhausted. And this has been another fantastical episode of Bomb Squad, and Amazon Studios <laughs> production. Do give us a like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell to follow the adventure. You can further support us and become a part of the ever-growing forest known as Avenue Studios by joining our locals or Patreon community. Doing so not only helps us continue to create high-quality content, but you'll also gain access to bonus content, as well as our private Discord. And by this point, we'll have announced our West March Kingmaker campaign in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, fully integrated with Foundry Virtual Tabletop. So if you are a supporter, you will become a part of that campaign check out the shorts video that'll come out on that we it hasn't come out when we're recording this but that's how wibbly wobbly time works so (laughs) check that out and uh we would love to see you there and be a part of that story because we'll be making content out of those stories and just building a literal kingdom community together with all our supporters so we'd love to see you there and uh, check out the links in the description below for the sound music and ambience that we use as well as Dad by Fitness, Adam from the Uniplanar Crossroads, all the other amazing YouTubers that we uh, <laughs> hang out with. Uh, join us live on Rumble for AfterQuest and some other live streams coming out in the future. And thank you so much for joining the adventure. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. This has been another fantastical episode of the Bomb Squad Podcast, an Avenue Studios production. Do give us a review on your podcast app of choice to help spread the word. You can further support us and become a part of the ever-growing forest known as Avenue Studios by joining our Patreon or Locals community. Doing so will not only help us to continue creating high-quality content, but you will also gain access to bonus content and our private Discord, where you can chat with us, play games, watch movies, and so much more. Don't forget to check our podcast description for the music and ambience that we use and thank you so very much for joining the adventure and we will see you next time when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer mail checks invoices documents and everything you need to keep your business running Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.